When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce, giving up completely on the Minnesota Wild very early into the season just so I can dedicate and devote all my time to the purple passion. Let's go Minnesota Vikings. Otherwise you can find my work on NHL.com. Not important. With me is Thor Nystrom. Thor is always drinking that Kool-Aid. He loves it. Purple people eater for life. Also helps you guys make bets on uh, props. We can't wait for Thor's hammers coming up later in this episode and joining us again after missing us. I'm assuming on Monday, missing us greatly. Probably yeah. would that be accurate? Ross all the way back from, victorious Lincoln, Nebraska for the Golden Gopher football team. I just sang Sarah McLaughlin in my head, thinking about Thor and Jesse. I will remember you. I hope you remembered me. That is, we did. We did. Uh, only when you didn't show up. We were like, where's Thor? Or where's uh, Ross? And we're like, okay, we'll just continue on with our lives. Uh, <laughs> Ross, a forever Vikings fan, because why, Ross? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jesse. The pain of being a Minnesota Vikings fan lets me know that I'm still alive. However, I eagerly await the day the season ends without pain, and it's a joyous ending, perhaps in early 2023. Let's talk about it, you guys. Biggest test coming this week against the Buffalo Bills, obviously. Victorious on Sunday against the Washington Commanders. The Bills, not so lucky, losing to the New York Jets. Uh, narrowly 20-17 to defeat. Uh, still, they sit at 6-2-0. and First in the AFC. Uh, obviously, favorites to get to the Super Bowl, if not win the Super Bowl. However... Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, he is questionable to play. He's got an elbow thing that he's working out. He sat during Wednesday's practice. It's probably going to be dramatics for the rest of the week. We're not going to know whether he's going to play. Maybe more clarity come Friday. But what do you guys think? I mean, as a fan, do you want to see Case Keenum? Do we want to have Case Keenum in there, guys, uh, instead of Josh Allen? Yes, but also, how do you feel about it? Well, we definitely want to see Case Keenum, for sure. <laughs> we definitely want to see Case. And it's not just to hug Case and say, you know, thanks for the memories, pal. It's because then we don't have to face Josh Allen. And I, I think what the market is telling us here is that either Josh Allen is not going to play or he will be severely compromised. When mm-hmm. Vegas dropped this line on, you know, Monday or whatever, when they put out the early lines, it was Bills minus seven and a half. And when they dropped it, they had an idea that, that Josh Allen was injured. 
since then, it has dropped all the way to Bills minus three and a half, and it is still plummeting. So if, if that doesn't tell you something, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure what to say, but I think we're either going to see Case Keenum or a greatly compromised Josh Allen, who has a UCL injury to his throwing elbow. That's not a fun one for a quarterback. This is a very layered question, Jesse, because I think you have to view it in multiple prisms. If you want the easiest, and I use easiest in air quotes, chance for the Minnesota Vikings to win a football game, you want to see Case Keenum. If you have a little bit of love lost, the one that potentially got away, even though I think we've learned in the long run he didn't really get away, then you want to see Case Keenum. If you want to see how good the Minnesota Vikings are, you want to see them take on Josh Allen. Then mm-hmm. within that, you don't want 60 to 70% of Josh Allen. You want 100% of Josh Allen for the measuring stick. So you kind of have four different quadrants of what you want to see on Sunday. I will tell you in my heart of hearts, I would rather see the, in air quotes, easiest path to victory because I would rather stack as many wins as I possibly can right now. And if that means getting the Buffalo bills with a backup quarterback who I believe to be very competent, but I do believe he's still worse than even Josh Allen at 60 to 70%. I want to see case Keenum on Sunday and I don't disagree with anybody who has that take. However, I do agree. There's something to be said for seeing the bills at their best. But I want to see Case Keenum out there, and I want Case Keenum to play awful, and I want the Minnesota Vikings defense to force him to play let's, awful. Let's just put their whole practice squad out there against the Vikings, yeah, right? Let's like, the win. Like, you know, take the win. A- win's a win's a win. Um, again, it goes back to that luck that the Minnesota Vikings seem to have this season, right? Which is not a bad thing. That's great. It's wonderful. But this would be, what, their third backup quarterback that they would face so far this season? You and play again, who you play, right? You, I mean, what is that about? That's just, what are the odds? What are the odds, you guys? Somebody's got a magic horseshoe, and it's not the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> it's definitely not the Colts. Whoa. Yikes. Uh, you know, how do you guys think Kirk Cousins would perform? You know, I actually read a great piece by our friend Matthew Collar talking about the comparison of Kirk Cousins this year compared to 2019 Kirk Cousins and statistically Cousins far better that year. And actually, when you break it down, which he did with our dear friend Chad Graff as well, the Vikings don't look as great as maybe again, we're assuming them not to get down on them, but as well, their offensive output isn't that great, especially when you look at the teams that they're facing for the next four weeks with the Bills, the Patriots, the Cowboys, and who am I forgetting? Guys, Giant Jets? Jets? Uh, Jets. Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Who are all uh, quite a bit higher than them. What do you, what's your guys' take on that? How is Kurt going to do and how is the offense going to do starting this week, but then moving forward to the next couple weeks as well? This is a tougher matchup for Cousins. Uh, the, I, I think it's a, a more uh, advantageous one for Delvin Cook. We can talk about that in a second. But the Bills have the fifth lowest EPA uh, per dropback allowed their pass defense, the sixth lowest yards per attempt. Um, and they're, I guess they're about middle of the pack in terms of uh, pass rush, but they don't blitz at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback, they're 18th in, in pressure rate, uh, but they're 31st in blitz rate. So, I mean, Cousins, the, I mean, the good part of it is he, he's a guy who has excelled in clean pockets and has struggled under pressure. 
I, I'm not sure that the, the Bills are going to generate that pressure against him, but the Bills have a really, really good pass defense. So it's, it's a really interesting matchup for Cousins and I think a really good test. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, stats matter, but also everybody who follows sports know stats can be a little bit deceiving and Kirk Cousins, rightfully or wrongfully, that's always been attached to his name his entire career. I would say for me personally, this is the side of the stats that I don't really care about. At the end of the day, for me, it's wins and losses. Are Cousins numbers great this year? No, they're really not. They're fairly pedestrian-like. Yeah. Is the team's record pretty darn great this year? Yeah, aside from that hiccup in Philly and essentially still being two games back, if you count the tiebreaker for the Eagles, the record's pretty much as good as it can be. You know, seven and one is not far off from eight. No, and I give Kirk a ton of credit. I uh, driving back, I was listening to Ventline and I I heard Phil talk about this for Kirk Cousins. The game that we saw with Kirk Cousins this past Sunday in Washington was the game that I think everybody that has been a Kirk Cousins detractor wants to see guys getting his, you know, what kicked for most of the game did have an interception at the end of the first half, which I didn't hate. I like taking the shot. It is what it is Threw it to your best player. It was intercepted. So be it Uh, fans mocking and ridiculing him. Not a great game. And when it mattered again, he came down the field and did what it took for the Minnesota Vikings to win. So I don't know what the offense is going to look like. I think we'll touch on it in a little bit. I'd prefer they don't go dormant in the second and third quarter. But at the end of the day, you're doing enough to get wins. And that's been the most important thing through the first eight games of the year. Exactly. Those are the stats that matter. The records that matter. Seven and one, a 3.5 lead uh, on Green Bay, which is fantastic. It's the biggest division lead through week nine of any team since 2011. So you got to love that, right? Just how important is this victory or what are you guys going to take away? I mean, obviously, if you lose, it's almost like you're expected to lose to Buffalo, right? It's one of those losses that you could be like, okay, it's understandable. A victory, though, what does that really mean? I mean, I already told you guys, I'm in. I'm solidified, all right? I apologize. I think I owed an apology first to the fans for not being completely in. Second of all, I should quickly quickly apologize to Thor, who was correct. I did say 6-1. and And Thor, I'm really sorry. That took a lot for me to just accept that right there. I meant, I meant six and zero, but I didn't say that. So I apologize. We we knew what you meant. I was just (laughs) trying to help you there. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. So uh, yeah, what do we need to see? I mean, if it's a loss, do you want it to be a narrow defeat? Of course. But I mean, what would you prefer? Do you want a big victory, a little victory, a narrow defeat? I mean, are all those kind of giving you the same feelings? Well, it's, or you I, go first. I, I think it's more important as a perceptual thing, right? Like uh, the the win loss, this game, it, it's one of the least important just in terms of the road standings. It, but I mean, it, it is in terms of trying to get the number one seed because obviously the Vikings can't afford too many losses uh, against the Eagles head to head when they don't have the tiebreaker. But I mean, like you'd rather win the conference games like if, if, if you had to choose. But, I mean, perceptually, this would be a big win if the Vikings go into Buffalo and beat arguably the best team in the NFL. Thor's 100% right here. It's a perception thing, but I would say within that perception, it matters who's playing at quarterback on Sunday and how that quarterback looks. So, unfortunately for me, this is another one of those games where I can't really give you an answer till we see who's playing and how the game shakes out as to how happy or not happy I would be. I would tell you, I'll throw out some scenarios here. If Josh Allen is healthy, I would be the most happiest with a win 
or the right amount of maybe competitive loss. Mm-hmm. If Case Keenum starts, well, then suddenly you start to think, is this a game if you're a seven and one team and you are hoping to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Do you need to win it or again, maybe lose on the final possession? I, I don't know. I just think you have to view it a little bit differently based on who's playing quarterback and then who the health of the quarterback is or what the health of the quarterback is. But I would say the absolute doomsday scenario is no matter who plays quarterback, if you look not competitive. And I don't expect that. I I really don't. But that would be disappointing to me. However, with what Thor said, the Vikings come out of that seven and two. Okay, so be it. You got a couple games coming up against really good teams. One of them, an NFC team, who's going to be in the mix with you for a high seed. To echo Thor's point, though, if the Eagles keep winning and you fall two games, at least losses behind them with that tiebreaker, that'll be really tough to make up for the number one overall seed because, uh, again, you play who you play. It's not Philly's fault, but Philadelphia's schedule is a bit easier the back half of the season than the Minnesota Vikings schedule. I mean, kind of stemming off that, and Ross, you did answer it to a point. Is it a disappointment if you lose, if Case Keenum is your quarterback? Like, are you guys going to be angry? And I'm going to just say this devil's advocate news alert. The Minnesota Vikings will lose another football game this season. It's going to happen. I am sorry to be Maybe. that bearer of that. Maybe. <laughs> it's going to happen, you guys. Again, all in, but it's just that's just how the how it works, generally speaking. Uh, they will lo- win at least 10 games, I think, would be my bet. Not convinced oh, at yeah. all. But- yeah, I'd, I'd, for the most part, would bet my would bet my house on 10 wins. But then again, this is the Vikings, so I won't actually do that. Exactly. So they're obviously me, getting you... 10 or, and more, right? <laughs> like, I mean, they're six of one, right? I mean, they're they're getting over 10 for sure. It should be. Don't worry about they're that. What? They're six and one or they're seven and to, one, Thor? Seven and one. Yeah. Seven to, and one. Oh, to man. Give, to, give I, Thor I some props, to give Thor some props, this team should win at least 12 games at this point. Anything less yeah. than that would be incredibly disappointing. And depending on how you view the schedule and the makeup of this team, 12 might be disappointing when you're seven and one halfway through the season. But Thor, yeah. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jesse. I'll let Thor uh, give a rebuttal to your question. Declan would never. So just saying. <laughs> no, yeah, I I definitely think they're getting to, to 12 or more. The The interesting thing with, with Keenum against uh, Josh Allen is obviously Josh Allen is way, way, way more dangerous. I do think, though, if we see Keenum, there's a couple of things he can do that can give the Vikings trouble. The Vikings defense, like, you know, go to the start of October. Since then, they've they've certainly buttoned things up against the run. I think they're fifth against the run since the beginning of October in the entire NFL. So so that part, and the Bills don't have the, the best running backs anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I expect the Vikings to shut down their run game. The Vikings have also been good taking away the deep passes. I think they're top five in the NFL in that. Where they struggle, it's giving up the short passes giving up the yak yardage on those short passes and the value of those, the DVOA, the, the, the value per play of those passes, that's Case Keenum's game. Cause he's, he's so, you know, I mean, he's physically limited. We, we all know that, but like going back to when he was playing college at Houston, it's all the, the quick hitting stuff. He loves, you know, spreading the field out and then the, the short completions. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Case Keenum's play, Vikings fans are going to expect to win and justifiably so. Case Keenum in Buffalo to me is very interesting because there's multiple ways to put a backup quarterback on your roster. Lots of times teams want to have maybe a young guy that they can draft and develop. 
Sometimes you sign the best backup available, whether he fits your offense or not, because you think that guy gives you the best chance to win. Other teams, we've seen this with the Baltimore Ravens. They like to have a backup quarterback that can come in and almost run the exact same offense that Lamar Jackson can run. Well, with Case Keenum, he does a lot of things very similar to what Josh Allen does. He has a lot of those same, I don't want to say necessarily same skill set that he can do it as good, but he can complement a lot of those things. He can run. He can be mobile. He can move out of the pocket. He can make some of those plays that Josh Allen does. And he is probably one of the better, if not the best current backup quarterback in the NFL. When you look at numbers and experience, I I give Buffalo props for this. I I think if you can have a great backup quarterback and one that actually fits your offense, that's going to help you if you run up to something where Buffalo has now, where you could be without Josh Allen for a few games. So I actually think it's very intriguing to see what Case can do from that side of things. You know, kind of sticker sticking with the projected possible injuries, who might play, who might not play. Uh, we'd be remiss to not mention the Minnesota Vikings players that uh, did not participate at practice. Garrett Bradbury obviously hurt in Sunday's game. Plus, you got Cam Dantzler not going to probably play our Sunday. And then Delvin Tomlinson is week to week. Uh, Bradbury, though, he's the one that's kind of the question. Is that going to impact the Vikings negatively if he doesn't play? I know we've all been pretty harsh on our boy Bradbury, but he's kind of, I mean, He's been doing his job okay thus far. I mean, we talked about the offensive line doing very well last week, but do you think that makes a difference one way or another? I think it does a little bit, but I mean, I, I don't even think the sports books would adjust the line a half a point if he was confirmed out. Like it, it, it incrementally, yes, but I, I think it would have mattered more. Like for instance, with last week's matchup, with with how nasty the defensive front you were going up against was this this uh, Buffalo team you can run on them and they don't have the great pass rush. So I, I actually don't feel like Bradbury's as important in this one. Dantzler, um more so, I, I think, because mm-hmm. you're you're planning to put Dantzler on Gabriel Davis, who can do some stuff, especially when Allen is the quarterback. Because, I mean, one of the enormous differences between uh, Allen and, and Keenum, it's with the arm strength, right? Like, I mean, Allen has the strongest arm in the NFL and one of the strongest arms in NFL history. He can legitimately push the ball 75 plus yards downfield. No problem. Case Keenum can't. So, and then Gabriel Davis is, I mean, Stefan Diggs too. It, I mean, he, he's getting the downfield shots too, but those moon shots are the thing that is going to be taken away from the bills offense. If Keenum's in the game um, and, and, you know, Dantzler, uh is going to be counted on to address uh, uh, Gabriel Davis, if he's playing, if not, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, are they going to go with the Caleb Evans who had the great, uh, game coming on in relief of Dantzler last week. It would be fun to see a Caleb Evans against Gabriel Davis. And I think that's a matchup that he's, oh, he'd be okay at. Um, cause I mean, Evans is a super fortified, long cornerback, physical guy. And Davis, he's not one of the shifty guys. He's one of the bigger stout. And then he, he wants to go downfield kind of guys. I think that would be an interesting matchup for Evans to, and certainly to to get a further gauge on his progression to this point, but acquitted himself very well last week. You did it again. You took exactly what I was going to say in some co- context or form. I was going to talk about Caleb Evans. I have my whole list of notes over here. This is why people think I don't know anything. God. I'm sorry. All right. Carry on. Thanks, Thor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ross, Thanks, we do, Thor. Yeah, we get to put Ross on. You get to have your soapbox. Are you ready? Let's talk about Greg the Leg. All right, let's do it. So obviously, Greg makes the winning field goal. Huge, great. We celebrate. We love it. We love to see it. Sunday's vent line 
our dear friend Declan said the Vikings do not have a kicking problem. How much things can change within a week. Uh, do you agree, Ross? We know you're not so strong on Greg the leg very often this year. What are your thoughts? Special teams whisper. <laughs> uh, he did enough to keep his job for another week. Uh, he, we, the Vikings didn't ask him to make a kick beyond 31 yards. He made two short field goals and his extra points. He should make all those kicks. Nothing I saw on Sunday makes me think that the Vikings don't at least have a moderate kicking problem on their hands. That's all I'll say. I've said all year. I still have not been to the point of running him out of town yet. I think I did say at some point last week, if he misses another extra point or a field goal that's probably beyond 35 or 40 yards, then I think you seriously have to think about making a change. But no, you don't have to make a change off of last week's game. I just vehemently disagree that the Vikings don't have a kicking problem, but that's okay. You know, if, if Dex wants to say that on vent line or show up on this podcast and outshine <laughs> me and rip on me for liking Gophers football, he can do that. However, he does not have the right to say that the Vikings do not have a kicking problem because they absolutely do. Has your concern level though lessened? No, not at all. To- no, not at all. Not even a smidge. Every, every kick they asked him to make should be made by an NFL kicker on this true. past Sunday at FedEx field in Washington. Do you think that they did? I mean, obviously he didn't really need to do any of those big distance, but do you think part of them just knows like we really can't have him be kicking field goals from 50 <laughs> plus here? Like, do you think they're well, really advocate? Like you're always going to try hard, which is probably a stupid question. People are going to hate this, but I'm just well, being like, no. Th- I think it's a great question from the standpoint that Thor even mentioned this a few weeks ago. For the most part, unless you need it, I think you've seen enough this year to be done attempting 50-plus yard field right. goals. So, especially I, I, outdoors. Especially yeah. outdoors. And it's clear you've now seen this from a couple different analysts, and maybe it's lazy. And again, yes, I'm the special teams whisperer. I'm not a special teams coach. However, I can kick a ball yeah. through an uprights if there's nobody around me. Yeah. Um. He, the balls are coming out very low, driving them very low. That's very out of context, and I know I'm going to get ripped for that in the in the uh, in the quotes or in the comments. But I, I think you just need to avoid that. And yeah, maybe you need to build his confidence back up a little bit. But this is the NFL; you can't be in the business of building players' confidence up, especially at that position. I've said this numerous times. I really believe this. Kicker might be the second most important player on your roster in the NFL, who directly touches the ball every play and puts points on the board, your quarterback and your place kicker. You can't be missing extra points and you can't miss gimme field goals. And if he's going to continue to do that, you got a problem. However, the caveat is, and I did this on Sunday, look at the free agent kickers. It is a scrap heap amongst scrap heaps. I mean, I think I saw my name in there. Actually, (laughs) You're, you're playing, sorry, Putin, but you're playing Russian roulette with, (laughs) with free agent place kickers. But if that's what you have to do to feel comfortable, then that's what you have to do. My gut says no matter what, they'll ride it out with him and stick it out with him for the remainder of the year. Maybe that's what they should do. I'm just going to continue to say anytime that guy lines up to kick a kick, I'm not confident. And I would venture to say most of Minnesota Vikings fans are not confident. I think Ross has feelings about that. Your feelings are stronger than Thor's feelings about my terrible food takes. I'm just saying, like, I just feel like <laughs> Look, that's... <laughs> e- even if Ryan Longwall can't kick him longer than 40 anymore, at least we know he'll make the extra points. So... Fair enough. Fair enough. Call up well... Ryan. <laughs> Did you get it all out? I think I got it all out. Should okay. we do some Thor's hammers? Let's do some Thor's hammers. All right. Thor's hammers. 
Well, unfortunately, this week we do not have player props for this game. The books are waiting to drop them be- almost assuredly because of the Josh Allen injury because it's not just okay. you have to sw- swap out the quarterbacks. Also, you'd have to downgrade all their skill players in terms of the yard props. So the books are waiting to put that out. So today we're going to do spreads for the, the games that matter to the Vikings. I got to okay? show you something, Thor. I believe this will work. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Wait, show Screenshot me again. Oh, that. there we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, see it one more time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wow. did. I, I emailed you, Thor. I did have to take one loss away from you because I think you had a scoring error. So that did actually help you. Oh. I continue well, to at least believe I'm hurting that, myself with the errors. <laughs> I continue to believe that this is a rig system. There's no way I'm actually eleven and twenty. And there's no way that's, Jesse's in first, but I mean it's, we digress. Rigged. All right, give us the game. Okay. Well, the first one we're we're gonna start in, in the division, of course, and we have one interdivision game this week. The Bears are installed as a two and a half point home favorite against the Detroit Lions. We'll start with you, Jesse. Bears minus two and a half. Who you got? Um, I got the Bears. This one's very tough because the Lions are coming off of a win. The Bears put a lot of points up against Miami. Everybody assumes that the Bears will probably wipe out the Detroit Lions. So therefore, I'll take the Detroit Lions and I'm already trying to make up ground. <laughs> so I'm not even sure I really believe in that, but I'll go. This with is the why you're in dead last. <laughs> Sometimes there's just gimmies, I feel right. And you're just like, nah. This is this is a it, this is kind of a fun game between crappy teams. Maybe it's just because we're we're division mates and have seen both these teams. But I'm I'm intrigued to see what team wins this game. And it's you know it's a coin flip of where the spread is. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the home team, the Bears, who have been playing much better on offense recently. Maybe Justin Fields isn't a bust. We'll we'll find out. But this is a big game for them. Uh, next one, the uh, other team in the division, the worst team in the division. We have to touch on them. I you know I know they're irrelevant now, but we have to. The Packers, four-and-a-half-point home underdogs against the Cowboys. Jesse, who you got? Packers. Packers oh. cover but lose. <laughs> okay, so okay, so Ross, you're going with the – I'll take the Packers, but I don't believe Packers, that they so. will win the game, but I'll yeah. take the Packers. Okay, I'm definitely going with the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, okay, people have lost a lot of money betting on the Packers this year. Uh, the last one. Now, this is going to be after our next record, but let's we'll we'll get it on record now. Um, Eagles minus ten and a half at home against the Commies, who we just saw. Of course, this one's on on Monday night. Jesse, who do you got? Let's do the Commies. Okay. I'm going to take the commies here too, but I think the path here is that the commies maybe score a touchdown first, makes them plus 17 and a half on the cover, ah. and then hold on to lose by 10. This is a tough one. I, I like some of the things I saw from the commies last week. Uh, Quite good defense, and they're, mm-hmm. they can be functional enough on offense. Yeah, that, that defensive line is really good, and they didn't even have Chase Young. As uh, scary uh, Ezra Cleveland at, at, at Egg River still seeing that they're nightmares. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Eagles in that one. Okay, the last two we're gonna do are are the Viking specific ones. As I said before, th- this line opened at seven and a half and it's dropped all the way to three and a half uh, as of now. I think the market might be telling us something with that. Jesse Bills minus three and a half against the Vikings at home uh, for the Bills. Who you got? Vikings. You- Oh, interesting. I'll be the negative one. 
I believe even if Case Keenum starts, I do believe what Jesse says. The Vikings are going to lose again this year. This is a logical point to lose a football game, no matter who starts at quarterback. So I will actually take the Bills. I'm Sad, taking- I know. And rip me in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. That's fine. I'm, ta- I'm taking the love, the Ross. There's a Matt's going to come after you yeah. hard every I'm a- time. Did I think we all were told we were fake fans in the in the last yeah. comment section? So wait, we're all fake fans. We're fake fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, who's the who, who died and made that guy the judge? Uh, <laughs> over under is forty three and. Wait, a half. did you take the Bills or the Vikings? I'm yeah. taking the points. I'm taking the Vikings. Okay. Yeah, because okay. I I think we're going to see Case Keenum, and okay. if we and if we don't, it's going to be Allen who can't throw the ball like nearly 60%. as far as he usually can. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to do that. Uh, the over under, you know, I mentioned how much the the spread of this game has dropped down in lieu of some of this news. The over under dropped at 48. It is now uh, plummeted all the way down to 43 and a half. So that's the current number in the market. Jesse over under 43 and a half points in the Bills Vikings game over. OK, this is the NFL. The Vikings and commanders almost scored that. number. <laughs> so I'll definitely take the over. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under because I don't think Allen's gonna play, and I think this is gonna be a low scoring grinded out game. I was gonna say you don't think Kirk can just go go crazy, go ballistic. It's maybe we look, see JJ score five touchdowns. It happens in NFL games all the time. I think I, I think the guy who's gonna go ballistic is is Delvin Cook. I, I'm I'm yeah. sad that we don't have the props for him. We we you know kind of whiff last week with the, his over under against the the commies because of how good their defensive line is. But um, a couple stats for you guys. Since week four, the Buffalo Bills run defense um, is 19th in rushing yards per game, 21st in EPA per rush, and 30th in explosive run rate. You might see a couple long Delvin Cook runs in this game. I'm also, I also realize I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I picked the Bills, but two things in play here, okay? Uh, Josh Allen, I believe, was his first win against the Vikings when they showed up to uh, U.S. Bank Stadium and put a number on Minnesota early on in his career in a game we were all disgusted by that we thought the Vikings should have won. So maybe there's a slight revenge game factor there. Also, if you're the Minnesota Vikings and you're going on the road to take the Buffalo Bills, what better scenario than noon game Kirk? Again, I'll repeat (laughs) that. Noon game Kirk, not a 3 o'clock start. Not a 325 start, not a 7 o'clock start, not a 7.30 start, not a Thursday night primetime game, not a Monday game, noon game Kirk. Noon game eight-pack. He's not noon Kirk anymore. He's Kirko now. He's Kirko (laughs) Chains now. Let's the do most some comments. quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> now that we got Thor worked up, let's yeah. do some comments from YouTube. Okay. Well, why don't I actually hit the right button? That mm-hmm. one's necessary, too, but I'll hit this one, too. Comments from YouTube. I got three quick ones for you that we can fly through. This is from Pastor Ninja. Vikings. Pastor be- Ninja? One. No, N-U-N-G-A. Okay. Like nuns. Oh, I really hope that that's not a derogatory comment. If it is, I sincerely yeah. apologize. We'll call him PN just to be safe. Okay. <laughs> 11 and one at the end of these next four weeks. My question to you, percent chance, the Vikings are 11 and one after the next four weeks. I need a percent from all of you and I will weigh in as well. 69%. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Go with it. 
Uh, I'm going to contradict my feelings earlier in the show. Uh, I would put that at like 15%. The, it, gonna, it's it's wow. such a hard, well, it's such a hard stretch of the schedule. Cause that guy, he's talking about at bills. Then you got, then you turn around to your, you got the, the three o'clock game against the Cowboys. At least that, that one's at home, but then you have the short week, the next one you're hosting the Patriots, but on, on the Thursday Thanksgiving or whatever, the, the Jets, I don't care about. The Jets fans were talking crap to me on Twitter today, and I was really confused. I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, I don't like Zach Wilson, but I'm not afraid of that game. But the the other three are. As a mom, I do. A little bit more. <laughs> in he, in the he words, likes you, too. In the words of the great Canadian philosopher Justin Bieber, never say never. <laughs> However, I'll give this about a 2.5% chance of happening. So I'm going, I'm going really low. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just don't believe it will based off of everything Thor just said. I think, I think they if will it be. If does happen, can I win something? Sure. Okay. sure. We'll wait, get you wait, a, wait. we'll get you a nice prize. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> a wild I, win. <laughs> I believe the Jets game is probably the, the easier one of the four. For sure. Easy. But you can still lose it. But the three of going at Buffalo at home against Dallas, then a short week against Bill Belichick. I just you're gonna drop a game somewhere in there. I was gonna say, so do you see him going two and two more often or one and three? I think if they get out of this two and two, I think you gotta feel really good about that. I'm gonna say three and one. Even well, three and one, you'd be ecstatic. Yeah. But (laughs) two and two again, if you're a Super Bowl contender, you have to at least go two and two. Three and one would be absolutely awesome. Yeah. All right, one more for you. Actually, correction, two more for you. This comment is from Randall Mania. I would rather win the fourth quarter rather than win the third quarter. Let's win every fourth quarter. I don't disagree with that. However, my question is, is it realistic to think you'll win every fourth quarter? I, mean, I don't that's... believe I don't believe it is. Every now and then you're going to have to build up a nice lead and hold on tight. So I get the comment. And yes, Randall Mania is correct. Let's win every fourth quarter. However, I'm just not sure how realistic that is. And I think it's stemming off of my kind of like disapproval of the struggling third quarter, right? Like I, you do need to tighten that up. You need to figure that out. I mean, ideally you play a great full four quarters every single quarter. I, I mean, I think it's realistic because that's kind of been the Vikings MO, right? Similar to crazy me going to bring in hockey, similar to the wild. They love playing in the third period of the end of the game. Like your backs are against the wall. It's that desperation and not necessarily that the Vikings have always been in desperation mode in the fourth quarter, but for whatever reason, it's just they're They've been phenomenal in that quarter. If I could say so, if I could use a synonym, that's good. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, why not win every fourth quarter? It's that easy. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, the fourth quarter is the most important one of court. Like if you could pick one of the four to be the best at you, you pick the fourth quarter and they've been really good in the fourth quarter. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kevin O'Connell, the situational football stuff doing really good. But yeah, I mean, you have to tighten up the third quarter thing. It's not going to manifest against some of these mediocre opponents where it becomes important is once you get into the playoffs, because they're not going to beat the Eagles if they have a dud of a third quarter in that isolated game. But yeah, I mean, the, the fourth quarter success has been very nice to see and the inverse of what we saw at the end of the Mike Zimmer era. Yeah. And also for me, it only counts as winning every fourth quarter. If you actually win the game, if you end up being down by 21 points after three quarters and you rally to score 17 or 20 or even 21, but still lose, I don't care if you played well in the fourth quarter, you lost the game. So but enough about the Packers. Wow. <laughs> 
wow, wow, in my best Chris Collinsworth. Uh, one more for you, and I really do like this comment. I, I wanted to carve out some time for this. This is from Matty Ice. No, not that Matty Ice recently benched in Indianapolis. Can we get a shout out for practice squad and former Lion quarterback David Blau? Yeah. Late and was yes. constantly with TJ to get him up to speed for the game. Paid big dividends. Thank you, Matty Ice, for that compliment. Here you go, Jesse and Thor. Put some respect on David Blau's name. I love him. I love even Kirk Cousins saying, like, it took me four months to learn this offensive playbook, and it took him four days. Just fantastic. I'll put some respect because did you know that he's married to his high school sweetheart, who is um, a track and field athlete for the country of Columbia? And I love that. I love that you put some work into this question. Good Thank work, you. Jesse. Thank yeah. But Blau is one of the uh, sort of, I, I don't want to call him the star of Hard Knocks this summer, but he was one of the uh, strong secondary characters. And, you know, they went into his his relationship with, with his wife and stuff like that. And they're athletes and they support each other. Seems like a super duper good guy who's like yeah. there for his teammates, whatnot. And the Lions, when they, they put him through waivers, they did not want to lose him. Like they had talked, I mean, you, you can see all this on camera during the show. They had talked to Blau about like, we want you back on the practice squad. Yeah. And Dan Campbell specifically was heartbroken when he found out that Blau had chosen to go to the Vikings practice squad over the Lions one. I think this stuff is part of the reason why he's basically like um, sort of like a, a assistant coach or an, uh, an extra analyst on your team. And, and of course, he's the emergency quarterback as well. But I wasn't surprised at all that he was spending like the late nights with Teach, you know, and, and, and teaching him all the stuff and do this, do that. Like he's just a super smart guy, and it seems like he's super duper committed, even though we don't see him on the field on Sundays. Yeah, and go back a few years ago. Remember, he actually started a game for the Lions on Thanksgiving, and the Lions paid more money than you would typically pay to get him on their roster originally. My comment for him in classic Ross form is also comes in the form of a bit of a jab. Uh, at least he looks much better in his NFL uniforms than he did in those awful Purdue Boilermaker uniforms who continue to have some of the most god-awful uniforms in college football you will ever see. So wow. props to David Blau for that. <laughs> wow, catching strays. The Purdue's are just out here. Kicking. Like, what? Us? I'm also only slightly bitter about the Gophers loss to Purdue earlier this year. But no, I, in all honesty, guys like David Blau and a lot of backup quarterbacks in the league, if you care about the human side of sports, you do love this stuff. This is a guy just trying to make a career for himself, stick around the league as long as he possibly can. And then to Thor's point, probably wind up being a quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, who knows head coach one day. So it, it is kind of fun to monitor that stuff. So there you go. Thank you, Matty Ice. I hope that appeased you and that we put some respect on David Blau's name. All right, guys. That's a guy who might be around for a decade in the NFL. I mean, even just, you know, potentially as a practice squad guy, but right when his career is done, he will be a coach. You can just tell. I mean, the the guy's going to go into coaching. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's wrap up this episode of Thursday's Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North with our Before We Dies. I'll kick it off. I said on Monday that the Minnesota Vikings will beat the Buffalo Bills this year. I didn't specify when, whether that be coming this, whether it's maybe in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I will also say the Minnesota Vikings will beat Josh Allen this year. I'll get a little bit more specific. Again, I think Thor is probably right. I'm leaning more toward Case Keenum's probably going to be your starting quarterback. But I think if not, they'll beat Josh Allen. So I'm all in. Let's go. All right. I love it. I love it. Uh, my Oh, Ross, go ahead. 
Oh yeah, I'll let Thor take us home on this one. I- I'm going to preface this. I don't want this to cost the Vikings a game, but I do believe that Greg Joseph will miss a kick and Declan Goff will admit that the Vikings do have a kicking problem. So before we die, Declan Goff will admit there is a kicking problem in Minneapolis. I or, love that you went that route because I was going to say Ross is going to be incorrect about the kicking problems. So no, like, absolutely not. Uh, and by the, by the way, hand. just to be clear, Minneapolis is in Hennepin <laughs> County. <laughs> I, I I know our fans love it when you do the Hennepin thing at the end. Uh, my, oh, I my, see the comments. Yeah, my my before we die, it's it's not as much of a prediction as, as a hope. Uh, before we die, we need to see Ed Ingram improve in pass protection. <laughs> Uh, Ezra Cleveland in the last game was even worse, but Ezra, he's built up some equity behind him and and he's done better in this area in the past. Ed Ingram is consistently struggling in pass pro to the degree that it's tanking two or three drives per game. It it needs to get cleaned up or they need to swap him out uh, and, and, and bring in their top backup on the interior. It, It it's, it's getting pretty rough. You add in the Buffalo game, he he has given up, the, I'm talking about Ed Ingram, 23 pressures, 10 hurries, 7 quarterback hits, and 6 sacks already this year. Ed Ingram has been very good in run blocking for, for a rookie guard, but this team, the Vikings team, they're not, they're not looking for the future and developing guys for the future. This is a team that could potentially win the Super Bowl this year. At a certain point, if Ed Ingram does not improve in pass pro, you need to look in the mirror and decide, can we afford to have a guy in? who, again, is tanking two to three drives per game because of his pass pro. I like it. There we go. Again, this is Purple Daily's Before We Die on Score North. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. Let's go Vikes. Skull Vikings. Thank you so much for listening to today's edition of Before We Die with Jesse and Thor. Producer Ross Brendel with a reminder for all of you Tommies fans or college athletics fans in general. The University of St. Thomas, they have a trio of big games this weekend on campus. The New Look men's basketball team, they open up their home schedule on Friday night at 7 p.m. against Chicago State. The women's basketball team, they take on South Carolina State on Saturday night, also at 7 p.m. And the football team, the now top 25 football team, can clinch a share of the Pioneer League championship on Saturday at noon, taking on Stetson. Tickets to all of these games and more are available at TommySports.com. That's TommySports.com. Roll Toms.